What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins on the other side, David Lake. We are coming at you on Friday, January 8th. It has been, I don't know, a few days since we taped our last podcast. Really feels like a few weeks. Um, Going to get into a lot of coaching stuff. Uh, some team news for the Miami Hurricanes and kind of go from there. David, how are you doing? How has the coaching, not search, you're not searching for anyone, but the coaching uh, information gathering process gone? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun time, right? So it's definitely that time of year where I'm taking my laptop with me everywhere I go when I run just mundane errands or go to the grocery store or go pick up the kid from school. I got my laptop with me just in case news breaks or, or anything like that. And, and yeah, in terms of gathering information, um, it's, it's never easy to gather uh, info on coaching search stuff. There's just a lot of variables that, that goes into coaching hires. And that's certainly the case uh, this go around. I mean, technically, you know, Miami has not officially uh, announced that they are parting ways with any of the coaching staff at this point. Now, we kind of have an idea that Todd Stroud is not going to be the def- defensive line coach in 2021. And we have an idea that Mike Rumpf is not going to be the cornerbacks coach in 2021. And, you know, we do officially know, I guess, Ephraim Banda has moved on to Utah State. Um, so, Manny Diaz is making moves behind the scenes, or he is working on making moves. But again, this is stuff that's all just, uh, you know, we're dealing with in a bunch of gray areas. Uh, Nothing is final till it's final. Um, But we do have an idea about how, you know, the direction of some things uh, with with the coaching search and how things are going. Well. I just got to point out a few things from our understanding. Miami's coaches are currently on vacation, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming off the season time off and Miami just really isn't like proactive in terms of yeah. releasing this information. Like if you go still, still go on, I don't even know. What is it? Miami sports.com. Like I, I, what is the official team website? Like Ephraim Bonda is still listed as the co-defensive coordinator um, and Utah state just announced them as their, new defensive coordinator a couple days ago. I will point out though, everything we pretty much said in that last podcast has, has kind of stuck to be true in terms of Ephraim leaving for Utah state. Um, A few guys have gone with them, some off field guys. Uh, Zuck is what they know him in Coral Gables. Mike, Mike Zuckerman. He's a longtime defensive analyst. He is now the inside linebackers coach, Alex Devine. He was, I think at one time he was a, a GA on the defensive side of the ball, working with the defense alignment. He's now going to Utah State. I don't know what his title is. Um, and then DVD, Demarcus Van Dyke, the former Miami cornerback that played in the NFL. He's the one that I was kind of teasing, hearing he was going to go to Utah State with Ephraim Bonda. That still hasn't been announced. Um, and there could be some reasons why, you know, Miami could have right. some openings in the secondary, but he could still go. He, and if he goes, he would be getting his own 
room there in terms of a right. position room. He'd be a full-time assistant, which is what you want. I didn't even know this until Chris Stock, our colleague, pointed it out in, in one of his notes on the message board. That's where Corey Raymond, the famed defensive backs coach, started his coaching career uh, Utah State. So a lot of moving parts, I guess. What Before we get into like what do you know about who's going where, just are you surprised that Rumpf and Stroud aren't coming back. I think we kind of both made it clear we didn't think Stroud was coming back last time we talked. I think it makes sense for Stroud, right? Considering, I think the Stroud move is not about uh, performance, right? It's more about health, which is totally understandable um, after having to navigate this this COVID season. Um, so that's that's totally understandable. Um, we'll see what what type of move. Manny makes there. Um, and then Mike Rumpf, you know, look, my, my opinion is this. Um, I don't, I don't think Mike Rumpf is a bad coach. I, I think he is, he's a, a fairly decent cornerbacks coach. Um, but the thing that's, that's hard to argue with is the poor results on the recruiting trail. And I would argue that that is one of the most important positions on a team in which you have to recruit at the highest level possible. You need the very best of the very best athletes you can possibly take at that position year after year after year. Um, if you're dealing with limited athletes at cornerback, it really doesn't matter how good of a coach you are in terms of you know maximizing their potential. There's going to be a ceiling there. Um, so I think it is fair to say Mike Rumpf maybe never grew as a recruiter in terms of just the results, right? This thing is all about results. I think he did learn a lot about uh, what it takes to be a recruiter during his time at Miami, but it just never uh, turned into results where he was winning big time battles. Uh, and again, it's tough, it's tough ask, right? Like South Florida is where everyone in the country comes to pluck uh, the best cornerbacks in the country. So it's not fair to expect Mike Rumpf to win every single one of those battles, but he's got to win one or two, you know, every three or four years. You got you to gotta land one of those guys. Yeah. I don't think he did that. And, you know, that's probably why I think Miami might be moving in a different direction. Here, here's my take on the Mike Rumpf thing. If you're a college coach, you know, it, it's, it's two parts. Recruiting is your lifeline, all right? Yeah. You're essentially the head coach. If you're, if you're looking like big picture NFL team, you're, you're the head coach and you're the general manager of your position. Right. You, got, you got to figure out both of them. Um, and I've always kind of thought Rumpf wasn't the strongest of recruiters, but I thought he was learning as the job went on. I go back right. to him landing Christian Williams two cycles ago. I mean, I think I, I wrote a big story about like how I thought he was – kind of turning the corner and um you know I, I think there's been some not unfortunate circumstances I think he would just kind of lock into a kid a little bit too long before moving on to maybe your second tier option and that kind of hurt him I also thought he didn't do the best of jobs in, in terms of assembling a recruiting board so that's that's kind of where I think it it, it hurt him it's easy to point to just the fact how many scholarship corners there are at Miami and being like, man, like this is not, 
acceptable. So I get it. And I, I personally wish the best for him. Like, I yes. think he's, you know, he's probably definitely way more suited to be an NFL coach. And I think you would agree with that. Yes. I think he, I, again, I know he gets, he gets a lot of uh, stick about this on the message board in terms of development, but I personally think he can coach the position very well. Um, it's just, look, for instance, you know, Miami came in second, basically. Uh, I think it's fair to say for Jason Marshall. Um, no one cares about if you get second. You got to win that battle. And there is a big difference between landing a Jason Marshall type cornerback, a five star cornerback, compared to, you know, even your average four star. Um, so, you know, whoever Miami lands as the next cornerbacks coach or defensive backs coach. They're going to be charged with with trying to win some of these battles. Yeah. Um, they're going to can, be judged on that. Can I throw in a quick note on that? Just because story I've been working on. Uh, yeah. Monday night, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, there will be eight starting defensive backs in that game, obviously. I mean, I guess someone could roll out like a hybrid nickel. Uh, six of them are from the Sunshine State. Mm-hmm. So that just shows. Yeah, Everyone thinks it's easy to win these battles, but the best of the best are coming in to Miami's backyard and extended immediate territory and getting those kids no doubt and and i know off the top of my head right josh job from miami columbus who you know the hurricanes had committed at one point and um Uh, at least three at least three of those kids took official visits to miami jordan battle i know he's a safety but he's also from uh the miami area and then you got the two at ohio state seven banks from orlando sean wade from Jacksonville. So, right. Um, and that's the difference, right? Like I, I don't expect Miami to land all those types of guys, but you got to land one, you got to land two, you know, you got to be at least in the mix. You got to be a player. And so we'll see if, if whoever is hired to be the next DB coach can be more of a player in these big time battles. Well, they need it to be. Um, let's talk about names that are getting linked to Miami. So you put out a, a list of some guys after, word kind of broke that rump was out i, th- I think football scoop.com reported it i, I don't know it, it's hard to track who <laughs> has said what i mean we had been hearing the same um yeah. but we are friday january 8th at roughly 9 30 in the morning who are the names we should know for this defensive back position it seems like one has emerged kind of as the guy Yeah. So the primary focus in terms of, you know, from our understanding, and this is both me and Christopher Stock, who who we work with at 24 seven and inside the U um, is is Travaris Robinson, uh, who is known as T-Rob in in coaching circles and recruiting circles. So Travaris Robinson is um, a Will Muschamp disciple. I guess it's fair to say. I think Right, right hand man, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they linked up, I believe, maybe maybe he knew him back in his playing days or even as a GA at Auburn, but T-Rob has been um, following Will Muschamp since Muschamp was at Florida, and then at, when Muschamp was a defensive coordinator for one year at Auburn, uh, T-Rob followed him there, and then T-Rob was Muschamp's defensive coordinator at South Carolina for the past four or five years. So, um, you know, Will Muschamp is a highly respected uh, defensive coach 
And Will Muschamp, it is fair to say, respects T-Rob both as a recruiter and as a developer of talent. Um, but, but okay, so here's what we know. Um, and, and again, this has all changed a lot over the course of honestly three or four days. Well, you, can, you, can you explain like there's a, not like a reaction chain in place, but like there's a lot of moving parts that have nothing to do with Miami. Yes. So, okay. Right. So there is a domino effect, right? And, and I'll say from the T-Rob perspective, honestly, it started with the University of Florida. So Florida um, fired both of their DB coaches uh, earlier this week. And the, the belief was that T-Rob was going to go to the University of Florida. Uh, I, from what I've been told, it is important to T-Rob to run both the cornerbacks and safeties. He wants to be a, a defensive back coach. So he doesn't want to run just one or one of those position groups. He wants to do both. Um, and so I believe him and Florida were doing a dance. You know, I, I think there was a time when a lot of Florida insiders and, and Florida people thought uh, he was going to go to Florida. And up until, you know, so that, that happened for maybe two days. And then I believe, you know, maybe Wednesday night, late Wednesday night, it started to leak out. Yeah, I guess it's not going to work out. And Florida then hired Wesley McGriff from Auburn, who, you know, diehard Hurricanes fans will remember Wesley McGriff was a cornerbacks coach under Randy Shannon back in the day. Um, so Florida hired him. And the belief, too, is that Florida is in the mix to hire potentially Chris Ash from Texas uh, to coach safeties. Um, so it seems like the Florida option is off the table. Um, the belief was, too, that Auburn um, was interested in T-Rob potentially as a uh, DB coach and maybe a co-coordinator. Um, now Auburn has hired their defensive coordinator, uh, former Vanderbilt coach, help me with his name. Derek Mason. Derek Mason. Come on, come on, bro. What? <laughs> There's a lot of names, dude. I No, I, I get the, like the T-Rob, McGriff, like all those guys confused. So Derek Mason, um, is now the defensive coordinator at Auburn. And so since making that move, it seems like uh, there might not be as much interest from Auburn's end with T-Rob at this point. Now Auburn, you know, was thought to be in a better spot than Miami just because T-Rob played at Auburn. Um, you know, there's an affinity there uh, from T-Rob's point of view. But, you know, I was told originally I, I, I reported on the on the message board, hey, I think Auburn might be the team to beat, but Miami's definitely talking to him. Miami's in the mix. Then about three hours later, uh, the same source texted me and said, hey, honestly, I think Miami's the team to beat now. I'm not sure Auburn's all that interested. Um, so that is going on. And now you are also referring to more potential dominoes with T-Rob, right? right? So I do think Miami is, I don't know if worried is the right word, um, but they're cognizant of Texas and LSU and, and what is going on there. 
Um, it's kind of being reported now that Texas is making a move for LSU's Corey Raymond, who is a you know highly regarded defensive backs coach there. And the belief would be if uh, Corey Raymond does move on to Texas, the, there is a belief that LSU might then target uh, T-Rob. Um, and the belief would be it would be tough for Miami to win that battle. They believe probably T-Rob would go to LSU over Miami if he had that option. So uh, that's kind of what we know right now. And again, too, I think it's worth noting, right? Um, there is somewhat of a belief or, or a narrative out there that Miami wouldn't be able to afford T-Rob. You know, Chris and I have both been told like, that's not the case. Um, Miami has the money to, to, to land T-Rob. I know at South Carolina, he was making, I believe, 1.2 million, 1.1 million, something like that, just as the defensive coordinator. I don't know what Miami would pay him, um, but we've been told like money, they, they have the money to afford him. Um, so that necessarily won't be an issue um, when, you know, potentially having to deal with Auburn and LSU. It's just a matter of he probably views LSU as a better job than Miami. Um, and so, you know, I think he's going to play the waiting game. I think he's making Miami wait a little bit to see what happens. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out. We got a lot, a lot to get to. I just looked at, <laughs> I just looked at, at, at the um, show schedule, but I'm going to just fire in my, my quick takes on, on T-Rob. I've seen him patrolling the state of Florida over the years. Um, really good recruiter, I would say, yes. in terms of what he's been able to do. We mentioned Miami's losing a really, really good recruiter in Ephraim Banda. They potentially are also losing another really, really good recruiter in Demarcus Van Dyke. So I think they need a guy that has won some battles before and is rooted in South Florida. And I know someone on our message board has brought this up. Like, why do they have to be good recruiting South Florida? I mean, my big argument is you have to understand the landscape. South Florida is yeah. a weird area. People have to trust you. I mean, look yeah. at the last couple of coaches that have not had experience from Miami that have recruited the Tri-County area or been asked to. It has not gone well. Uh, Taylor Stubblefield jumps right right out of my, to, to me. I mean, you should never have to leave South Florida for a wide receiver. Miami signed a kid from Alabama and a kid from IMG that was originally from the Panhandle. So I think they need some guys with some ties. Remember, Ephraim Banda was responsible from exit one, basically all the way up to Belen Jesuit. He, like that was his... Someone is right. going to have to step into that territory. You know, is T-Rob the guy? I, I don't know, but I mean, he has won some battles. S some kids he's gotten that I, I think are impressive over the years that I know he's um, been been credited as the, the primary before Carlton Davis, who's now mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, that was a, a T-Rob guy. I think he was a first round pick, correct? First or second, but yeah, he's now with the Bucks, right? Yeah, Quincy Wilson played in the league. That's another guy. I mean, these are some some older ones. Um, there was one more I had on my list right here. Well, it, it, anyways, like I I'll think say this to your point. Like, yes, he's a good recruiter. He's also proven to be a good developer. 
right? Right. You know, this year, J.C. Horn is a South Carolina cornerback that is kind of widely projected to be a first-round pick. So, yeah, he's a good recruiter, good developer as well. Okay. My, my question for you before we move on. So let's say T-Rob is the guy. The way that Miami's current defensive staff is structured, you, you have a full-time defensive line coach. You have a D.C. slash linebackers coach, a strikers coach, and then a corner or, yeah, a corners coach and, and a safeties coach. You know, how would you kind of structure it if T-Rob is the guy? So this is hard to answer because, again, there will be a lot of moving parts. But I, I would imagine if T-Rob is hired, he will have a co-DC and he'll just be the defensive backs coach. So he'll coach both corners, both, you know, both corners and safeties. Beyond that, like, I don't, I don't, I cannot answer how, how Manny will construct the staff, like, uh, and we'll get into it, but you know, there's different ways you could go. You could go a DN coach, D tackle coach. Uh, you could just go like the traditional route and have like a D line coach, linebackers coach, DBs coach in DC. Um, so, so there is some, there's moving parts and I don't know how to answer that because I don't think Miami knows the answer to that quite, quite honestly. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Other side, get into some of those other potential moving parts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David. So what else could happen? And it seems like all the moves are, are on the defensive side of the ball. That we know of right now. Uh, yeah. Um, so the other one, would, you know, we've touched on it, but, but Demarcus Van Dyke, right? Um, I think you're confident. I know Christopher Stock's confident that when Ephraim Banda was hired at Utah State, the plan was for him to bring Demarcus with him to Utah State as cornerbacks coach. Um, but that has not been reported or announced um, as happening yet, and that's because there is there is you know I I do I do get the sense that. Um, if, if Manny or if Miami strikes out, let's say on a T-Rob, I do, I do get the sense or T-Rob and potentially other candidates. Like, I don't think it's one A, one B, there could be more that we just don't know about, but I do think if, if DeMarcus is willing to wait it out and, 
you know, crosses fingers that maybe Miami strikes out. I do think there's a chance he ends up as the cornerbacks coach at Miami. Um, so I think he has a decision to make in terms of, should I wait and see if this works out at Miami? If it doesn't work out, he'll just, he'll stick in the recruiting room, um, you know, in the current role that he's already in. Uh, or he could just, he could go take the Utah state job right now and, and you know, be done with it and, and move on to that next phase in his career. Um, so he has a decision to make, obviously, you know, there, there would be an appeal to being the Miami cornerbacks coach. I'm not necessarily sure if that is realistic. Um, but I think, I think there is a chance, right? I think there is a chance that could happen. Um, but, you know, I'll just say, in my opinion, if I was DeMarcus, I would probably just go take the Utah State job, uh, learn how to coach corners at that level. And, you know, down the road, he can definitely come back as UM's cornerbacks coach. He, he is definitely that type of guy. Mm-hmm. And the question everyone has, Blake Baker, what, what are you hearing there? So Blake Baker, is, it, that's a hard one to, and I have to admit, this is, this is Chris Stock's reporting, right? Um, so my understanding is um, that one could go either way. Um, I could see a scenario where Blake Baker returns on this coaching staff, and I could see a scenario where, you know, Manny Diaz makes a, a move there and goes in a different direction. And I think if Manny does go in a different direction, he will help Blake um, get a new job at another school. And um, I think if that happens, it would be fair to say that, that Manny has a guy lined up. Um, I don't know if he does have a guy lined up right now, but I do know from the Miami side of things, uh, they are interested, and this interest has been there for a while, in Kevin Steele, the, the former Auburn defensive coordinator. Um, Steele, I guess, is kind of rumored right now to be in the mix for South Carolina, their defensive coordinator job. Um, and so, you know, I, I think Manny's just taking it all in, assessing all the options that could potentially be out there. And I think it boils down to this, you know, I, feel, I think if, if Manny feels like, you know, potentially the defensive coordinator position could be upgraded. He will do that. If he doesn't, then I think he, he returns Blake Baker, you know, but I think it's, it's too, I, I cannot say whether or not with certainty, if Blake Baker will return in 2021, but as of right now, yes, he is still a part of the staff. Mm. I think Blake's coming back, but who knows? Um, how things could shake out. I think there's going to be some more openings as well at schools kind of around the country as this coaching carousel continues to spin. Tennessee seems like one that could open up Uh, and, and and there are others Uh, real quickly before we kind of get out of all this coaching stuff. um, Defensive line. There hasn't been much reported there. You know, the two names that we've mentioned, Charlie Partridge, uh, Jess Simpson, anyone else that's got you? I don't really have anything there, to be honest. Like, I got to just 
report what I know. I don't really know. I don't have a good sense on, on the defensive line stuff. But yes, I do think those two names probably make the most sense. Um, and so I would just start there. You know, Charlie Partridge, the Pittsburgh defensive line coach, excellent recruiter in South Florida, excellent developer. And then Jess Simpson, you know, there is that, that prior relationship. Uh, you know, I, I think Manny respects him and, and the job he did both developing. And, you know, I think Manny uh, was impressed by that recruiting class that he helped pull in that one year. And so I think he might, Jess Simpson moved on to be the Atlanta Falcons defensive line coach. And they are currently searching for their next head coach. So maybe he sticks on with the Atlanta Falcons and, you know, that goes nowhere. But if he's looking for another gig, I think it might make sense too for Miami to, to explore that option as well. And just a refresher, that defensive line class that Jeff Simpson had a hand in, credited as the primary recruiter on Gerard Harrison Hunt, who this podcast loves, uh, Cam Williams, Jason Blissett, Jalar Hawley, and he was also involved with Jafari Harvey. So um, Solid. I think, yeah, that was kind of like the question early on. We're like, can he recruit? And that is a budding group. I mean, yeah. we will see. Um, I agree with you. I think it would be a slam dunk for Miami if they could figure out a way to get uh, Charlie Partridge to Miami. Um, yes. He would crush in that role. That would almost be like like the fan base is, is really excited about T-Rob. In my opinion, it would be a similar type big deal coaching move to get a Charlie Partridge on the defensive line. You agree? Yes. And I'll, I'll point this out. You know, before Partridge took that job at Pittsburgh when he had, you know, got fired from FAU, I do recall walking into either a Miami, I think it was a spring practice and Partridge was walking out. Um, so there must be some type of relationship he has mm-hmm. with Manny Diaz. And, you know, I think there's been some other coaches over the years that have shown up at Miami's practices, but that's something I think that's interesting to note that they're cordial in some way. It makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways, the match between Miami and Charlie Partridge. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Okay, let's get into team news. <laughs> a lot. So much. So much. Let's try to keep this. Let's try to go fast. Okay. okay. Cam Harris, he's returning. Like, yeah, that's good. Is it surprising, though? Like, did he really think he was going to go? I mean, you never know these days, but, um, you know, look, it's another, uh, it's, it's definitely good for depth. Um, you know, he was Miami's best running back this season. Will he be Miami's best running back in 2021? We'll see how Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton develop, but um, definitely a big deal to have three good running backs rather than two moving forward. Bubba Bolden, he's coming back. I think this is huge. Huge. I think he has leadership qualities. I think he has a pro mentality um, with the way he approaches just working and improving his craft. And he's obviously a talented guy. Now, the goal for Bubba is to just be a more consistent player in 2021 because we've all seen the flashes of elite play, um, but we've also seen, you know, some missteps here and there. So he's got to iron all that out. And I think if he does, he's going to be one of the best safeties in the ACC. And I think he'll improve his draft stock. Yeah, Dane Brugler, excuse me, 
of the athletic kind of tweeted about that. Um, he thinks that he, uh, Bubba is someone who could absolutely improve their draft stock said the tape got super inconsistent as the season mm-hmm. went on. And I think me and you have kind of both have agreed with that just in terms of biting on double moves and, and missed tackles. So like I said, I was hearing he had a, a third to fifth round grade. Um, and if he, maybe he can play his way into day two, uh, contention. So I think it's it, it's huge. And I'll also say this: I know Miami is looking for some confidence in the back end of that secondary. Right. And, and someone I was talking to, they felt like the only person that does feel confident about what they're doing is Bubba Bolden. So the fact that he's coming back huge, especially with Miami facing Alabama early on in the season. With that being said, Brevin Jordan is leaving. Um, not super surprising for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think I made it clear. Like, I wasn't sure if Brevin could ever be a first-round pick. Um, right, right, right. So, you know, get, get your money now. I think, you know, he has a chance to be a day-two pick, second or third round, uh, hopefully second round for him. And, uh, you know, if he is used correctly at the NFL he, level, he can be a, a hybrid-type weapon. Uh, for a creative offensive coordinator to use. So, um, you know, I, we did get to see uh, the best of Brevin Jordan in these final three games uh, of this 2020 season. Um, and, and he's a weapon, man. He, he's a, he led the country in yards after catch as, you know, from the tight end position this season. And that includes, you know, Florida's Kyle Pitts, right. Who had a ridiculous season in terms of stats. Um Brevin is that rare tight end um, that can pick up yards after catch, and and that will be extremely valuable in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess I didn't, I don't know what I said on the last podcast if I thought he was leaving or staying, but I've always thought that he, he's, he's probably never going to play his way into a first round pick. So if you have a a third to a fifth round grade, go try to tear it up at the combine um, and get selected in the third round. You know, the biggest I, thing for him will be health. He'll just have to answer those questions, you know? Yeah. And I also think, got to also consider, I mean, if you are standing on that sideline when Derek King went down, it's like, oh. Sure. And I think that plays a little factor in some of these guys' heads. No doubt. Nikosi Perry, number five, enters the transfer portal. He did that on Thursday. I had written earlier in the week that I was just hearing from some college coaches, like, they thought his stock would be high, like he's going to have a ton of options. So not surprising um, that mm-hmm. he decided to enter. I wish the best of him. I think he he has a chance yeah. to tear it up somewhere. I think you know all the Miami fan base feels the same. Uh, yeah, so you know can't can't fault him for wanting to explore his options. Um, Hopefully he ends up getting that Miami degree down the road and hopefully he finds a, a, a good fit for him uh, at the next stop. Because I think if he does find an offense that uh, best highlights his tools, he can certainly be a productive uh, quarterback, you know, at the power five level. And of course at the group of five level. So, um, you know, wherever Nikosi goes, I'm sure we will all be cheering for him. And you kind of wrote, um, Monday morning on the site, or not Monday, excuse me, Friday morning on the site, 
that this sets the stage for Miami's young quarterbacks to kind of battle it out in the spring. Yeah. From a development standpoint, it's, it's kind of a dream scenario for Miami because you're going to have Peyton Matoka, uh, Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia uh, getting legitimate first team reps this spring. And it's almost like an early audition for the uh, starting quarterback job after De'Ara King leaves. Um, so Miami's going to have a good, good understanding about where things stand uh, at the end of the spring. And it's, it's going to be an opportunity for one of those guys or all of them to step up and make a strong case. So uh, in a sense, it is, it is going to be an exciting spring uh, when evaluating that quarterback position. Patrick Joyner, the linebacker slash defensive end, he also entered the transfer portal. Um, man, I wish they kind of just settled on one position for him. Tough, yeah, tough career because, you know, bounce back and forth, D-end, linebacker, D-end. Um, you know, he, he's a tweener guy, but I think if he finds the right fit, you know, particularly at the group of five level, I, I think he can be uh, a starting player on defense. Um, so, yeah, wish him the best of luck as well. Didn't work out at Miami, but I think he does have the talent to succeed at another stop. And I'm surprised we didn't even do like a podcast for this guy, but it just kind of happened after right. uh, we had posted that last podcast. I, I teased, I was thinking about putting a crystal ball pick in for DeAndre Johnson uh, to Miami, the transfer defensive end slash edge rusher out of Tennessee. He's now headed to Miami and this is like buried in the podcast, uh, but this yeah. is huge news. They needed a, a, a veteran edge rusher. I talked to someone, you know, and I'll, state this i mean they're at miami but they felt like he was the best available defensive end in the transfer portal and he's coming back home to miami for a sixth year tell me if you agree with this i view him like his skill set the type of player he is and the production isn't quite on the same level as this guy but deandre doesn't have nearly as many snaps as trevon hill i i kind of think Trevon Hill and DeAndre are similar type of players just from a body type standpoint. Um, you know, what they do well is as pass rushers. So, you know, and I think Miami, like you look at Trevon Hill's stats, he had a fairly productive year as a backup. I think he had nine and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. And that was as a backup. And I think it's worth pointing out Trevon Hill arrived at Miami injured. He arrived at Miami or not injured, but coming off an injury that he was still kind of getting right. And I think he arrived like right at the start of fall camp. So, you know, DeAndre Johnson will arrive at Miami, presumably this spring semester, get some extra time with David Feely. And so potentially maybe he ends up being better than Trevon Hill, but that's how I kind of view him as a defensive end. Do you, do you agree with that? I, I think let me counter and ask you this. So you expect Trayvon Hill type production as opposed to Quincy Roche? Yes. I, maybe I I'll be wrong. I, no, I, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not, no. I'm not fighting that. No, pushback right. I'm just saying, I think Quincy, you know, Quincy was a better prospect at the same stage. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, your expectations of DeAndre, maybe it's it's fair to view him as a Trevon Hill type guy. And look, 
I think DeAndre is going to get a lot more snaps than what Trevon got uh, at Miami. Like, I think DeAndre is going to get a ton of snaps. So his production will probably be better than Trayvon's. I would view him as like a six to eight sack type of guy, which mm. is valuable. So, mm. And he'll be here for the spring. I know you kind of teased that. Right. Uh, the other thing to note with DeAndre Johnson, who played at Miami Southridge, got to point that out. Um, the director of recruiting at Miami, David Cooney, was a coach at Miami Southridge when DeAndre was there. Relationships are everything. In, in recruiting. So I think that's one of the main reasons and kind of how Miami got DeAndre Johnson, but not the big storyline, but we also got, we, we got, we got a note now Miami's down to two remaining counters right. um, for this cycle. Seems like corner and wide receiver are, are how they're going to be used. And, and those would be guys in the portal. I don't really think Miami's chasing after many high school kids right now. Actually, I don't think I, yeah. I, I know. And I think that's the right move, right? So go get a veteran at those two guys, two spots and hopefully get them in for spring ball and get them uh, assimilated on the team. I know two wide receivers hit the portal, Oklahoma's Charleston Rambo and Houston's Keith Corbin. And you wrote earlier on the, the site this week earlier um, that Miami is is kind of sniffing around both those guys. They are. Um, I just don't think that it's going to be a match for either either one. Okay. Um, that's just kind of my read. You know, Miami only wants to take a guy if if it's the right guy, especially yeah. at wide receiver. Like I think they like. I could see that. Charleston Rambo a lot just not sure it's it's mutual Keith Corbin you know he's it's a bit weird only played four games yeah. in 2019 sat out 2020 um, how can you assure that that guy is better than what you have in your wide receiver room and, and I know everyone is not the biggest Mark Pope and D Wiggins fans right now but I, I just think that's something to kind of think about um the, the kid from Montana. I don't know if we said this in the last podcast, but I think you did. Yeah. That, that Miami's moving in a different direction. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Rambo, here's what I'll say about Rambo. Like he's a good receiver. Uh, you know, if he wanted to come to Miami, Miami should not turn him away. But I will say this, like, I do think Miami needs a contested catch type of wide receiver. I'm not sure Rambo's that type of guy. I think he's more of like a, crossing route or deep post type receiver. Um, Now, again, if he wanted to come to Miami, Miami should take him all day, but do I think he necessarily fits what Miami's offense really needs? I'm not sure about that. And then Keith Corbin, he's, (laughs) he's similar in in a lot of ways to D Wiggins and Mark Pope in that he does have like his talent is clear, but there is some inconsistencies that are frustrating um so you know i I wouldn't necessarily pound the table to go chase keith corbin uh, but there is a an obvious prior relationship with the king as they played together at houston and corbin's best season at houston came when dear king was the quarterback and like i said he is talented he's 6'2 200 very fast and he's a bouncy athlete Mm -hmm. um but there is inconsistencies there in terms of cornerbacks, still seems like no, not obvious name, but name that Miami absolutely has to get yet. Um, right. But there could potentially be one. I know 
someone at the Miami Herald has has teased that Miami would be interested in, I don't know, one of the best recruits to come out of Miami-Dade County in the past five years, like shocking that Miami would be interested in them. Um, <laughs> so right. we'll, we'll see who enters, but I, I mentioned the confidence thing. Like Miami doesn't just want a guy. Like they want a guy yeah, that's going to come in. Makers. Right, but they also want a guy who's going to come in and be like, Dude, I, I'm I'm good. Like DJ Ivy, Al Blades, who are you? I, I'm I'm the better guy in the secondary. So they're they're kind of in wait and see mode. And it seems like most of the corners that have entered are like all are not not most of the DBs are all yeah. corner or all safeties and not corners so far. Right, I agree. A lot of a lot of safeties and the corners that have entered. You know, we've talked about them, but it's not like slam dunks. Like, yeah, they're definitely better than DJ Ivy Alblades and to couch. So if someone who does, you know, someone from South Florida who is clearly better than those guys does enter, I would imagine Miami will make a strong move. Yeah. This isn't on the, on the rundown, but it just kind of came to mind. Jose Borgales, man. Yeah. That's cool. Lou Groza award winner. Yeah. I know it's, it's insane, right? Like think about, think about where we were with Bubba Baxa. I have to admit, dude, I don't think I texted you this, but I was watching, uh, he's at Houston, right? Uh, I was, I was watching their bowl game, just randomly had it on. And, uh, they, you know, I just turned it to the game and Bubba Baxa was doing a kickoff and he kicked it out of bounds. And I was like, that's, That's the Bubba Bax experience. But anyways, yes, Jose Borgales, congratulations. Um, I should know this, but I think it's the first, right? Lou Garza in Miami history. it is Um, the first. Which is cool. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's also worth uh, praising Patkey, Jonathan Patkey, and Manny Diaz for having that eye, right? Because, you know, Jose Borregas was a highly respected kicker coming out of FIU um, in terms of the talent, the pure leg talent. Um, but he had his, his share of misses as well at FIU. But they knew, yeah, this guy potentially could be an NFL guy. They went and got him. And, uh, yeah, he's going to go be an NFL guy now. So. Yeah, and little brother's on the way, ready, ready mm-hmm. to take over. I just think it's funny because when he transferred in um, – I remember some parent of, of someone at Miami because I kept writing that he was a, a Lou Groza finalist his sophomore year at FIU. I guess he was a semifinalist, which is more than a finalist, obviously. But it's right. funny because he ends up winning the <laughs> Lou Groza award. Uh, no, that was that was cool. Props for him. Remember, this podcast told you guys prior to <laughs> the loss to FIU that he was definitely someone to keep an eye on mm-hmm. because uh Miami was interested or could potentially be interested I should say I mean they weren't they hadn't expressed interest yet um Leonard Taylor that's another big note he announced that he's not enrolling early Miami's highest ranked Ugh. signee this kind of sucks brutal like you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a big like line of scrimmage freshman can come in and play right away guy. Uh, but Leonard Taylor is that type of player. And I, I would especially be of that opinion if he got a spring in him, right? If he, if he was on campus in the spring, 
going through spring football in the strength and conditioning program, all that, I would have penciled him in on that two deep for that Alabama game. Now I think that's up in the air. Um, still a highly talented player, still going to be a difference maker at Miami. Um, and I think he will get in the two deep at some point uh, as a true freshman. Um, but, you know, that timeline is now moved back, right? And, and yeah, it does stink. I think the worst part of your Miami is he is not in David Feely's, what is it, yeah. 530 or 545 strength program um, right. getting developed. Because I, I think giving him a four or five month head start there would have been absolutely huge. Let me ask you this. Who do you think is now the most important early enrollee for Miami? And, and this is changing, you know. A lot, well, of guys, a lot of guys thought that they were going to roll early. Maybe won't now. Tyler Johnson's right. not. Um, Khalil Brantley's not. I have a guy, so I want to I want to hear yours. Well, I will I will name a guy that might be not now. Well, I'll switch it up. Elijah Arroyo is he is he enrolling? Yeah, that's my guy. Okay, from so, my yeah. understanding, he's he's on track. So with Brevin Jordan, op, you know, moving on to the NFL. Elijah could be the number two guy uh, with M Will Mallory returning as well. I would also say, you know, Brashard Smith, you know, it would, it would be a shame if he is unable to enroll early because I think he could potentially be an early impact freshman uh, as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, what do you got coming up for the weekend? Yeah. You know, just taking my computer everywhere I go and uh you know, I'm sure there'll be more coaching stuff. I think this will really ramp up uh, after the national championship game uh, because that's when the big dominoes follow or start to fall. You know, the big dogs got to eat first in coaching searches um, and then everything plays out. So, you know, things are going to ramp up here soon. And uh, I'm sure this everything I said about the coaching search will be outdated within an hour of you getting this podcast out. So, uh We'll see how it all shakes out, but certainly um, there will be plenty of excitement with the Miami football program. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Take care.